Good evening. This is our Tuesday night webinar. I got news. So I'm going to give a few minutes to get everybody on. Um, and if you're listening to this live, you just got that ding maybe. And uh, we are on our Facebook page, which is called Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training. If you're not watching this live, you can maybe be watching it in a replay or you might be watching it on YouTube or you might be uh, listening to it on our podcast, which is called How to Train Your Service Dog. So the nice thing about that is I try to label it. Sometimes we just have Q&A time, so it's just Q&A. Um, but I try to put down what it is that we discuss so you can easily go through and find the different topics. And some of them are this. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, where, you know, we're doing the webinar, and some of them are um, interviews, and some of them on the podcast are... Uh, specific topics. So, you know, I might talk about, uh, we did one on fundraising. So if you're trying to fundraise and you have a service dog and you're trying to, to get that money together for that. So make sure you check out, like, love, share, um, our podcast called How to Train Your Service Dog. And then you can listen to it in the car, you can listen to it in the shower. It's super fun. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to start talking tonight about some news that we had. Uh, you guys might know we had Arrow. Arrow was our service dog. He, well, he was Rich's dog and I stole him to be my service dog. Uh, but he was a Belgian Malinois. And it's not a breed that I usually recommend as a service dog, but he worked out really good for us. Uh, and he passed away in December of last year. So what, about four months ago of um, lung cancer. And afterwards, you know, we decided, well, I decided we really needed another Malinois. So I put a deposit in with Ivan Balab, I always get it wrong. Oh my gosh. Bal Ivan B in Plant City. And he, um, we've been on his puppy list since right before Christmas time. Then I saw last week, right after our webinar, I got on and I was looking, um, because he sometimes has older dogs and that would be so much easier to get a dog who's beyond puppy stages, right? Like, ah, oh, do I really want to deal with puppies and potty training and all of that fun stuff that you have to go through? Because while we say start him at eight weeks old and we do start him at eight weeks old, it's still like they're not usable at eight weeks old or 10 weeks old or 14 weeks old. You know, they're still so puppy and you're still showing them so much. So he had one who was um, like a year and I think four months old. So we went down today to look at him. Um, his name was Bad Boy, um, but he's not going to work out for us. So we went down hoping um, every intention if he worked out, you know, see if we could buy him. But it's not going to work because he's too protective. And that's not what we want. Uh, so the nice thing was I got to go down and see Ivan and Natalia and see their place, um, talk with them. We were there for over an hour, um, but he knows now what we're looking for. And here's my good news. Um, he has two litters on the ground, uh, and one of them goes home Easter Sunday. The other one goes home the week before, um, pre-Easter Sunday, Palm Sunday. See, it has a name. Um, so we'll probably end up with one of those, and I told him I'm with the most social of the bunch and the least bitey of the bunch. I'm the least suspicious, the most friendly, the golden retriever that looks like a Malinois. Uh, so, you know, that was good. But a lot of people, and then I got a phone call tonight from a woman about an hour ago. And um, she told me she's been looking at rescue for, uh, for a service dog for herself, and she can't find. So I wanted to talk tonight about what to look for breed-wise, 
breeder-wise, rescue-wise, in a service dog candidate. Now, if I know some of you guys don't do service dogs, you're just friends and clients. So, you know, you watch this anyway and you listen to me anyway. And I love that. So keep this in mind for whenever you're looking for your next dog or if you're helping somebody to pick out a dog. You have a friend who's looking for a dog. So first of all, with service dogs, I do recommend going with a breeder because with a breeder, you know the history, you know the temperament, you know the health, uh, you know that, you know, this dog always produces service dogs or this dog produces dogs that you've got to be careful around, right? You have to know these things. Um, you want the breeder to do uh, early neurological stimulation stuff. So there's different ones you can do. The most popular, um, from what I've heard the best, is Avidog and then Puppy Culture are the two top ones that you want to go with. Now, I help people all the time who are looking to get a dog to be their service dog, and they don't know what to look for, and it's very overwhelming. So first, guys, I want to talk about breeds okay i do recommend going with a breeder because you know what you're getting you're usually getting a dog who's been health tested temperament tested if you go with a good breeder <coughs> health and temperament tested you're going with a dog who you have that breeder who you can ask questions of you know have they had other therapy dogs well other service dogs or therapy dogs who have um who have been produced you know from these lines uh, is this something I'm asking for a service dog and you're looking at me blankly because you don't know what that is. Uh, Terry says here, a reputable breeder that does health testing. Exactly. So you're going to get a lot of them who don't or what I've noticed because we've been looking lately because I have a lot of clients who are kind of looking. So I've been looking with them and for myself. And um, what I'm seeing a lot of is uh, their genetic tested. Well, that doesn't tell me about their hips. Doesn't tell me about their elbows, their eyes or their heart. You know, yes, um, Gypsy and Roma are both genetic tested. They came out normal across the board, but we still have to do on Gypsy hips, elbows, eyes, and heart before we breed her. And it has to be done. And you're going to find some breeders who tell you, oh, my vet says they're healthy. No. Uh, so we were looking at Dobermans a bit. And you know how many health problems Dobermans have? Holy cow, it's unreal. So then I'm looking on some of these Facebook groups for available dogs, and none of them are health tested. They might have the genetic test. That might say that they're healthy, but there's no none of this health testing going on, and some of it has to be done yearly. So you need to know what you're going for. And as Terry says here, it's so important to choose what's the right fit and not through emotion. And that is so, so very true. Um, you go, a lot of times people buy with their heart. And I don't care if you get the dog from a shelter or from a breeder or from the back of somebody's pickup truck, you're buying a dog, okay? If there's a money exchange, you're buying a dog. If there's a goods exchange, you're buying a dog. So don't get, a, you know, get over the whole, like I adopted him, I rescued him, like it's still buying it, so stop. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But that's how it goes. So um, so if you're going to buy a dog, you have to make sure that you know what you're getting. I've also had people tell me uh, we had a dog a few years ago, and it was a Rottweiler, so it's not a breed to mess around with, um, but a Rottweiler, and she told me, no, the dog was fearful, aggressive already, and uh, and she said that the breeder was really bad, and, and the dogs weren't doing well, and she was worried about how it was going to be, and she couldn't get close to the mom and the dad. She took the puppy anyway because she went with her heart and not her head. Don't go with your heart, guys. Go with your head. Because especially if you're looking for a companion dog, if you're looking for a service dog or a service dog candidate, you need to go with your head. Okay? If you get a dog and it turns out to be aggressive, you will have to get rid of that dog. 
especially if you're looking service dog. You can't say, well, I'll have him and I'll get a service dog because if there's an aggressive dog in the house, you cannot have a service dog. It's too much management. The dog's going to pick up too much bad stuff. Um, so you can't do that. You have to be sensible. And um, one of the things I've been said today, he's like, you know, with enough training, the dog might not be suspicious. Um, bad boy might not be suspicious of, of everybody. But once he's suspicious, it's really hard to tell him, haha, we were just kidding. Don't be suspicious of everybody. You're good. Um, and, and it's true. It's very, very true. But, you know, it's something with rehabbing dog aggression, you are always going to have a level of management. Always. So it doesn't matter um, if, if the dog's doing really good. If there was aggression, there's always going to be some level of management. And guess what happens? Management can fail. And you don't want management to fail. That's whenever really bad things happen. So so just keep that in mind, too. And that's why you want to go with a reputable breeder. And Ivan Good is, oh, he'll be great. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. But he didn't. Um, and he told me he has, you know, two litters of puppies coming up and we get one of them. Um, so, you know, he knows what we're looking for now, exactly what we're looking for, which includes the dog has to be good at Disney and Universal with kids running by, kids seeing the dog ah! and turning and running the opposite direction. Um, kids sneaking pets, stepping on tails, you know, pulling coat, all that stuff that we don't allow, but might happen anyway. You know, the dog can't see Mickey Mouse and say, guy in a bite suit, I can totally get this. Um, so so you need to to really trust your breeder. I trust Ivan to get us the best dog um, and the perfect dog for us. Uh, and, you know, with our background, with our history, with our experience, um, not just in training or with Malinois, but a combination of both, I don't think it's going to be an issue once we get the right dog. And he really liked the idea of us getting a puppy because then we can shape everything from the ground up. And so that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, what age? So if you get a dog, an older dog, the dog is going to have baggage no matter what. And it could be the baggage is the owners let him, every time he wanted in the crate, they let him out. Or um, if you guys, have you guys watched the Pick of the Litter movie? It's on Hulu. And I was really surprised by it. Uh, but one of the things it said is, I can't see how my bangs are too long. I have to keep moving them because they're annoying. Um, one of the things it showed in there where the dogs were just obnoxious when they went to the program at like what a year and a half old, I think 12 to 18 months old is when they entered the real program and then they get 10 weeks of training. And these dogs barely pass their test. They're getting placed with people. And I'm like, there's gotta be more to this. This is just, this is not right. So watch the movie. If you haven't, let me know your thoughts on it. But, uh, there's a lot that can go wrong in this formative time. So like a couple of the dogs had to drop out because it wasn't right for, for what they needed. Okay. And, and then it might happen. It might be that we get this Malinois and he's fantastic, but he just doesn't have what it takes to be a service dog. But you know what? I need that. Um, I need that because we were supposed to have him for another five or six years and Gypsy. And then whenever Gypsy's done breeding, she could go full time if he needed to retire, but that's not what happened. <laughs> so, so I I want to make sure that whenever you guys are looking for service dogs that, or dogs, pet dogs, whatever, competition work dogs, you have to get the best dog for you. 
You have to get the best dog out there. Do not say, oh, but I feel so sad for him. I'm going to take him. Because that's not what you want. You know, do you want that dog for the next 12 to 14 years? Or longer or shorter. But, you know, you want to have the best dog out there. And, you know, that's that's how you do it. And then I told Ivan, this is what we want. We want the dog, like I said, for Disney, Universal, um, that we can work with the other dogs around. You know, he knows we have over five acres here. And so the dog will have plenty of room to stretch his legs. Uh, you know, if he likes fetch, you know, we'll totally do fetch. That we have experience with tug work and with bites. Um, we have a leg and an arm sleeve. But if we don't use it, that's fine. And that we did that with Arrow. But he was never in defense drive. He was always in prey or play drive. So for Arrow, the bite stuff was always super fun. It wasn't, there's a bad guy. I got him. Okay. And there's a big difference there. So if we, if we, when we get our mail, we might do the IPO training, but I don't want to do the competition um, bite work stuff because it's too hard to get a dog who can switch, who can be that I'm on, there's the bad guy. I've got this. And the whole like, hi, Mickey Mouse, I'm at Disney and I love everybody. Okay. So that's what we're really looking for now. I've also, my top three breeds that I recommend for service dog work are Golden Retrievers, Labrador Retrievers, and Standard Poodles, okay? Goldens, the labs, you're looking at black or yellow, not chocolate, not silver, not phantom, not anything weird, black or yellow. And then the Standard Poodles, have fun with that one. Because <laughs> um, there's the breeders for all three. I can't even say especially Poodles or especially Goldens because they're all nuts. Um, but but they're weird. Like, breeders are just really weird. So um, here, Nicole just asked, do, do you have trouble getting a Malinois from a breeder when you're not going to do bite work as service dogs should not be trained in that? Uh, so Arrow did tug. Okay, and there's no problem with tug, right? Tug is a task. They can tug to, to carry something. They can tug to open up a drawer or door. Um, tug is good. And then we did the bite pillow, the bite wedge, and then we did arm and leg. But it was always in fun, always. He never got into defense. We never switched him over to defense, which made me very happy because a service dog should not be trained in defense because protection is not a service dog task. And um, if you do have a protection trained dog as a service dog, you're really looking at some muddy waters there. So I don't recommend that. But um, actually, Nicole, the I, I reached out to two breeders before I decided. I reached out to Ivan. Uh, and then I reached out to Mohawk Malinois and I just explained to them what had happened with Arrow and what we were looking for. And then I basically, I went a golden retriever in a Malinois body and both of them were fine giving me a dog. Neither of them said, no, both of them were like, we, we've got you. I mean, immediately too. It wasn't like, mm, we'll get back to you in a week or so. Like they got back to me immediately. And this was right before Christmas. So that was really much appreciated because I was heartbroken at that time because of Arrow. Whereas a lot of the golden breeders, some of the poodle breeders for when we were looking when we got Roma, they never get back to you, ever. You know, I was looking in the fall before Arrow got sick, um, probably October, November, looking for a male golden. And I never heard back from these breeders that I would email. You've got to be kidding me. Do you not want to sell your dogs? And as somebody told me, a friend told me, she goes, Vic, if you're having this much trouble getting a hold of these breeders, and you're you, you know, you kind of know what questions to ask and people can Google you and find out information about you. What the hell are the rest of us going to do? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're so right. Um, so it is hard. 
Um, so if we would have taken the dog today, bad boy, he would have needed to go into protection. And that's not what I want. That's not what I want to do. Um, Nicole says, I do tug work with my mound. We have a wedge, but that's all. I don't have an interest in that form of training. Exactly. And that's, I think, to honor the dog, the spirit of the dog. I think with the mound, with the shepherd, with the Rottweiler, with any of those breeds, you need to honor that and do the tug. But you can do the tug, you can do the bite wedge without going to the arm or the leg and without going into defense because there's two separate things you're looking for there. There's the, the play, the fun, the honoring, the spirit of the dog, and there's the protection, the defense, the bet, fight the bad guy. Okay, I missed some comments here. So let me go back through this real quick. Um, Kara says, Panda Harjun is very vocal. I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, Nicole says, Rio is my first dog. Rio is her, her poodle. Yeah. I'm such a breeder. I went out looking for a new service dog candidate. Yeah. Valerie says, I look really cute, and she's rocking the bangs, too. You know, you want to see? This is how I look without bangs. There we go, like that. I don't look good without bangs. So I always will have my bangs. Um, and I can't do the super long bangs like how people do. Mm -mm, that doesn't work. Um, and then Sarah says, just in tune, what are we looking for? And Janice says, how to pick a service dog. Thank you, guys. Uh, Sarah then asked, what's your opinion on Border Collies and Aussies as service dogs? Sarah, you are asking the right person. So... Border collies are happiest whenever they can hurt something. So then I'll have people who say, well, I want them for my autistic kid to hurt them and stay in the yard. No, you don't. You don't at all. Um, first, I don't like that as a task, and it is not a task I will teach because a parent has to be a parent. They can't expect the dog to watch the kid. Uh, we teach the dog to be light on the leash. So if you're going to tether the dog to the kid and the kid pulls, uh, I'm going to expect the dog to follow because the dog's trained to do that. And you can say, well, I'm going to put him on the harness and then it's a different story. But I don't want the kid getting mad and starting to hit the dog because the dog's not moving. So I don't do the herd the kid into the yard. Um, a lot of the Border Collies, Aussies herding breeds will start nipping, nip, 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 nip. Uh, we actually have two Border Collies. Well, we have one Border Collie and one Border Collie. And uh, Rue is our border collie, and Rue we got to train up as a service dog. And he has the training for it. He doesn't want to do it. And so he's kind of forgotten the training. He's about four years old now. So we don't do too much with him, but he gets to herd the cows and the goats when we need him to. And the chickens sometimes, too. He's actually herded the chickens into a circle, and then he tippy-toe dances, and he's so happy. Uh, you know, so that's what he does. Uh, as service dogs, I don't think they're cut out for it. Um, we see a lot of crazy Aussies, a lot of crazy Border Collies. Um, there's, I'm trying to think of how many I've seen. I would say, you know, you're a really good service dog candidate. On um, the little one we just had in Raleigh, I really liked her. But she was like a mini toy Aussie. She wasn't like a, a big Aussie. Um, but there's not a lot that I like for service dog work. Like I said, I like the, the top three. The Goldens, the Labradors, and the Standard Poodles. The labs are the yellow and the black, not the chocolate, not the silver, um, and not the, the weird colors or anything like that. So I like those for a reason is they're easy to teach. Don't make work harder on yourself. Um, they're easy to teach. They get along well with people, and they get along well with strangers. So that's what I like. That's what I'm going to look for. A lot of people want to go with a German Shepherd. I find German Shepherds are so whiny. I will not own another German Shepherd. It would have to be a unicorn of a dog of <laughs> a German Shepherd for me to want to keep the German Shepherd. I much prefer the Malinois. And that's actually why we went with the Malinois in the first place is we had a German Shepherd. Um, we've worked with a lot of German Shepherds, and they're just, they're whiny. 
and they're high strung a little bit and they, they don't calm really well. And I know it's really weird that a Malinois does, but like I can keep a Malinois happy between me and Rich and Luke and doing what we do. Like we are set. Okay. There we go. And then Sarah says, do you have a specific gender you look for? It really doesn't matter, Sarah. I, I personally, I am looking for a male because I want the height. So I talked to a woman earlier today who is, um, she'll need mobility, male. Any, anything, if you're doing mobility stuff that you need that, that, ooh, that size, right? You need the height, you need the strength, go with the male, hands down. If you want something a little bit smaller, you know, say you travel a lot and you want a golden, but you don't want like 120 pound golden. Gypsy's like 60 pounds. She's like half that size, right? And people see her all the time. They ask me what she's mixed with because she can't be full golden because she's just too little. So I'm going to start telling people she's a toy golden and see if they believe me or a mini golden and see if they believe me. But, uh, but she is, so she is more travel size. So like on the flight, she could fit underneath the seat in front of me, which was really nice. Um, so yeah, gender wise, it's up to the people. Um, and how long you want to keep the dog intact. So if you're looking to keep the dog intact for life and you want a service dog, you might want to look at a male just because you won't have to deal with the periods twice a year, the dog coming into heat. Um, and then humping and the marking, like that's not, that's not an issue if you don't let it be an issue. Like we've had intact males and it's never been an issue. Uh, Nicole says Rio's breeder was very easy to get a hold of and hear back from. That's good. I think that's so important. Because like I said, I reached out to a lot that I never heard back from. Like not even a no, or no, you idiot. Or no, you idiot, I would never give you a dog. You know? Uh, Rowan says, I have a rescue that I'm training, a pit hound mix, and he's rocking it. That's awesome. Terry says, my Aussie is way too friendly to be a service dog, right? And then Rowan says, I'm not training him. He's with a program called Veteran Service Canines, and I'm his handler. Okay. And Jordan says, would a Shih Tzu, Maltese, Bichon be good candidates as service dogs as well? Uh, it depends on the dog. So Shih Tzu, Maltese, and Bichons, um, they're usually more personable dogs because they're lap dogs. Uh, you have to work with them in crowds. You have to work with them around feet and around carts because a lot of times they'll spook because it's right there and it's enormous. Uh, we've had some coming, I'm trying to remember, it's been mixes we've had. We had a Jack Russell or two come in for service dog um, training. Uh, it depends on what you want task-wise. So if you're looking for retrieves, I wouldn't recommend any of those. If you're looking for medical alert, yeah. Part of it depends on where you live. Do you like my yeah, right? Uh, living in Florida, I don't like short snouty dogs because short snouty dogs aren't going to be able to work as long as longer snouty dogs. Okay, if you're looking for medical alert, you want as long of a nose as you can, because the longer the nose, the more they pick up scent and it does well. Okay, um, so so you need to look into all those. You need to look at the breeder. You need to look at the health. You need to look at the health testing. You need to look at the temperament. You need to look at what they've put out before. Um, but the big thing is you need to look at what your needs are. So if you need a dog for say PTSD, panic attacks, maybe. But if you also would like them to bring you your medication, to bring you your phone if needed, eh, I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that. Plus, a lot of times with the littles, 
um, you have potty training issues. So they might not be fully potty trained until they're a year old, which is really gonna push back your public access training because most of the bigger dogs are potty trained by about six months old. So you're gonna be possibly six months behind, but they do live longer, which is nice. Um, small dogs, if I was looking for a smaller dog, I would look for either a small standard poodle female, right? What did I just say? Females are usually smaller than males. Um, like I said, Raleigh was a, a mini Aussie, I think. I liked her. Even though she was an Aussie, I did like her. She had um, good energy. Uh, there's a uh, Romano Legato truffle dog, uh, a breeder out in uh, Missouri, uh, Terra Incognito. I would totally recommend her. Her dogs are fantastic. I think they hit 20 to 30 pounds. Um, so that would be great for a small dog, not any truffle dog breeder, um, but this one in particular. I would be very cautious about the other ones and talk to Jackie about it if you're thinking other ones. But like I said, they do have small poodles, um, Gypsy 60 pounds, 65, something like that. So she's small for a golden. Um, you know, you can find some labs that are around that size, which is small for a gold, for a lab. Um, you can hit probably 30 to 40 pounds possibly for a small standard poodle. Um, don't go with like a mini poodle go with a smaller standard poodle. Um, but like I said, I do like to stick to the tried and trues because it's easier to train them. And guys, that is so important, especially if you're on your first, second, third or fourth service dog because you have a disability or you wanna be needing a service dog. So go with something easier to train. Don't go with something that's gonna be super wicked difficult to train because you're not gonna have the spoons to do it, okay? Um, Jackie says, if anyone wants a great golden, I know two breeders that are fantastic. Jackie, if you can message me the two breeders, I can add them to my list. I do have a list of breeders. I have, let's see, who do I, let me pull it up here. Let's see what all I got on it. Cause I've got some different breeds on there. I have golden breeders, um, labs, the Legato Roman, the truffle dog, um, some poodles, uh, a couple German shepherds and, uh, a doodle. So. Um, so I do have my list here, uh, and people ask for it all the time. So Shira says, I still think Goldens are the best. Yeah. My Golden is, you want to see Gypsy? There we go. She's just sprawled out. So we didn't take her with us down to Ivan's today. Um, so she was here. It's about an hour down and an hour back, and then we were there for an hour, then we stopped for lunch on the way home. So we're gone about, about four hours. She missed us. Um, Melissa says, I'm getting a male Roddy. It fits our lifestyle. That's what I need really well. I'm super lucky and connected to get a puppy from one of the top Roddy breeders here in Canada. That's awesome. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with having not one of the normal dogs as your service dog. Like I said, like I'm getting a Malinois. I've had a Malinois before. I had a Siberian Husky before. Um, but for for most people, just stick trying and treat it. It's going to make your life a heck of a lot easier. And then after you do a few of them, you know, then you can see how things are going. Um, Jackie says was training with Augie. The neighbor came over while I was talking to her. Augie must not have liked the interruption because he started nosing me. And when I downed him to get, he'd get up and start humping me. Now what? So you need to find out why, uh, Jackie. And then uh, you know, if if you were fine medically and that's not what he was doing was any sort of alert, um, then what you need to do is work on place and downstep, okay? And we'll get that, because I know he's coming in in like a week or so. Um, so we'll get that and work with him on a better place and a better downstep and write that down on our list so I know what to work on. Um, and when he'd start humping you, oh, hell no. I don't put up with that stuff. 
So, um, so that you can use your e-collar for if you want to uh, and correct them for it. And then, like I said, get them back into position because that's not acceptable behavior. Not even if he wasn't a service dog in training, just in general. Um, and on that note, have you guys seen the, oh, who is it? A uh, trainer, one of the posi trainers who, um, she has a chow chow and a further reward, she lets the chow female hump her leg to completion. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, it comes and goes on the internet. It's funny. Um, Deb says, Loki turns one today. Happy birthday, Loki. Um, my two previous Goldens were from a wonderful breeder who produces English creams. And Deb, if you want to share me her info, that would be awesome. And Shira says, add me to your list of breeders. Aiden and Kayla are likely to have their puppies by next spring, and we're starting an official list. That's awesome. Yeah, we've started ours. I get people all the time who tell me, you know, I went, I went on that list. I want a puppy at some point. So that's awesome. Um, Samantha says, I love my German Shepherd. And with him having shoulder issues, oh, no. We are waiting to hear from our breeder to find if breeding took this past week. I went to Girl House German Shepherd. I've been following her for a while, and I do believe she's on your list. I do believe so, too. Um, Girl House in Texas. Yes, she is. And she was a recommendation from a dear friend of mine who lives over in Houston. Um, she said if she got a German Shepherd, that is the one she would go with. So that is awesome, Samantha. Keep me posted. And Michelle says, what about a Karen Terrier? Terriers. What are Terriers for? Sorry about that, guys. Terriers are like they're vermin catchers, really, guys. Putting it nicely. Uh, a lot of times a terrier is going to have a higher prey drive. And they're going to be a rip your hair out kind of dog. So while the Karen Terriers are super cute, I wouldn't recommend them for service dogs. Not saying you can't be successful. I mean, every dog has to have been a service dog at some point. Like, I'm sure there's not a breed you can tell me, and you're not going to be able to find a service dog on it. Like, every breed you're going to have at least one who's who's good. But the odd one out shouldn't be the norm. You know what I mean? And Terry says, um, Goose and Roma. She said good, but I know she means Goose. Goose and Roma turned one this past Saturday. Yes, I. It was the 23rd. So it was a week ago Saturday. Yeah, I texted. Um, I texted Carolyn and I wish Roma a happy birthday, but I forgot forgot about Goose. I'm sorry, Terry. Uh, and Carlos says, happy birthday, Loki. He passed his CGC. Now, Rich did it because, uh, because his owner couldn't at this point, but she will in a, probably a few weeks, I'm hoping, if not a few months. But but he did pass his CGC, so we know that he's a good boy. Um, Shira says, what do you think of giant schnauzers? I think they're a little per more protective than what I'd want. Um I wouldn't go for one personally. Um, yeah. If I'm going to go with that, I'd probably do um, I'd probably do a giant, what is it, a royal poodle. I'd probably go with a giant poodle. Um, and like, mouths aren't as big as shepherds, you know, but they're not as heavy either. So I'm hoping, I've been asked how big I wanted, if I said as big as I can get. Um, I told him my arrow was 24 inches, which is on the small side for a male. So I'm really hoping it's supposed to be 24 to 26 for a male. I'm really hoping we get closer to the 26. I mean, Dobermans are like 28. Um, but I don't want, um, I do want a Doberman, but I actually want to mix a Doberman and a Malinois. And I haven't been able to talk Rich into doing that yet. Um, so I figure we've got time. Uh, Jackie says, I have a great service dog breeder that has produced awesome dogs and they're Bernie doodles. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And that's where you're getting your next Bernie doodle from Jackie. 
And Deb says, we're going to attend trick trading, then we'll go to Mayo. Yes, I want to repeat CGC when I can stand that long. Yeah, like I said, we've got plenty of time, Deb, but we wanted to do it because you had made the trip out there and uh, and just to see if Loki could do it, which he can. So now you got to hold him to a higher standard. <laughs> okay, okay, good. And Cara says, what do you do if pandemonium doesn't work out? Uh, pet dogs should be fine. Um, service dog stuff, it's going to be a little different story. Um, you know, she's not, uh, helping you out with the, the people who come over, she might be able to get to that point. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said before, I really like to do e-collar on her. I think that'd make a big difference, uh, and, and see how it goes. So Deb said about trick training. So this past month, March, um, our group class is focused on the Canine Good Citizen test. And we did the testing this weekend at the ranch here. And most of the dogs passed, which was really awesome. And then uh, what we're going to do this coming month, which is April, we're going to work towards the novice trick dog title. So if you guys want to work on it with us, with your dog, uh, just go Google. Use the lovely Google, AKC, novice trick dog. And you can see it if your dog has the Canine Good Citizen, the CGC, you only need five tricks from the list. If not, you need 10 tricks from the list. And the list tricks include place, basically. Place, go in a box, sit in a box, kennel up, give kisses, high five, um, under, no, not under, tunnel. Like, there's really easy ones on there. So, like, in my email that I'm sending out on, on Friday, I'm telling them, like, these are my easy ones. Up touch, either hand or target. You know, they're, they're really easy. Uh, and if you're doing it right. So, Gypsy just earned her advanced um, trick dog. And that's probably as far as we're going to go. It was novice, intermediate, and then advanced. Um, the next one is performer to performer only. And for that, you have to do, like, a little show thing. And I don't think I'm going to do that, but who knows? I do best when I have a goal, which is why I'm doing those. Um, here, Star says, when training FMP, and this probably applies to CB2. I don't know what those mean. What's FMP and CB? How do you get them to understand the idea of maintaining a straight line? Forward momentum pool and counterbalance. Okay, got it. <laughs> a little slow at times, guys. How do you get them to understand the idea of maintaining a straight line? I don't like to walk, I don't walk straight, so this is kind of a struggle for us. So this is where it helps to have somebody else who can train them. And what you can do for it is counterbalance. If you're pulling this way and the dog wants to go this way, you can click and treat whenever you feel that resistance. Um, and that's how we do it starting is you want to click and treat for that push back on it. And then you can go for the guidance. So you can have somebody else leash them and work a straight line. Um, you can set up maybe going down the hallway. So it's a quasi straight line. Um, between two parked cars, uh, between your couch and the wall. So you get that straight line. And then once he gets the idea of, of bracing, of, of the, the leaning into the harness, and go for a wide harness. Don't go for a straight front harness because it'll inhibit the gait. Um, once he's getting that, then you want to increase it, and then you want to go for the straightness. Okay, does that make sense? Uh, Kathy says, you mentioned Gypsy can hold it down and stay for two to three hours. Should I expect this from 11 months old, or am I asking too much at this age? How old is Gypsy? Uh, she's 20 months old, almost 20 months old. So uh, 11 months old, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about holding it down, stay for two to three hours. Now, don't forget, 
a downstay for two to three hours is during a movie. Like, I'm not going to have her downstay and do a group class at 11 months old. I'm going to have her do a place, which is easier than a downstay. I'm going to have her do a place stay for, um, say, two hours while I'm watching a couple episodes of Game of Thrones, right? Or one episode of Game of Thrones and then about a, a drink break and then another episode of Game of Thrones. So it's easy. It's not like she has to deal with a bunch of distractions. What you want to do first is duration. And if you can get the duration in a boring environment, then you can start with either the distractions, different things going on, or um, distance where you walk away and come back. Now, I told you we did group class here. We started it, technically started at 10. We didn't really get started until 1030. Um, we did the CGC testing. We did lunch. And then um, some of the, the people created their dogs up and went and played with the baby goats and looked at, we just got new baby chicks last Friday. So they looked at the chicks. They went and looked at the cows and played with everybody. Gypsy was in place for a long time. And she just went right underneath my seat. And then she stayed there for most of it. And then she was done and she came in the house. So I love that. And it was funny because my old border colleague, Zoe, was out. Zoe's like 14. And she saw Hobbit and everyone's like, oh, my God, she's limping. I'm like, yeah, she always limps. Um, but, yeah, so that Zoe loved it. She thought that was the neatest thing ever. And I loved having a group at the ranch because it was so nice and easy. And we had a bathroom here, which we don't have at the park that we usually go to. Um, so, yeah, ask for, start with a half hour on place, Kathy. See if, if your dog can do a half hour on place. And if your dog aces that, and make it boring, make it while you're watching a TV show. If your dog aces that, try 45 minutes or an hour. And I bet you're going to be surprised that your dog can do a place. Now, the nice thing with place two is they don't have to hold a downstay. If they want to shift and get up, um, if you want to give them an antler to chew on or whatever you want to give them to chew on, you know, any of that stuff works. So Michelle says, Bailey knows kennel up. That's awesome. And Samantha says, if I were to decide to send my new German Shepherd puppy to you for boarding train, can I do the obedience with my trainer here in Texas first or do you prefer a fresh pup? No, please do the obedience in Texas first, Samantha. Um, do the obedience in Texas. Uh, if you, yeah, I think you have the online course, don't you? I'm pretty sure you do. Um, you know, so go through that. If you want to make sure your your trainer keeps you on track with stuff, you know. And then when they come to us, we prefer for the service dog stuff uh, for them to come at least six months of age or older and completely potty trained. And the more they know, the more we can advance it. Okay. So if they come and they don't know sit and they're not potty trained, guess what we have to work on? Sit and potty train. If they come in and they've never been out in public, well, then we have to really start that from the ground up. Some of them come in and all they need is public access polishing. Some of them come in and they just need task training work. So that's awesome. That's what I want. Um, the more they know, the farther we can take them. So definitely work with your trainer in Texas and then come come to me. But um, but like I said, if and if you do the the big program, our $6,000 program that includes the boot camp, um, the five-week boot camp, you also get private sessions with us and you get the online course. So if you've already done the online course, you just pay the difference. And with those personal sessions, those are video sessions as well. So, you know, if questions come up as puppyhood, you've got us. You just schedule up a time for us to chat. Um, we were doing them for like a half hour, but it's just too long. So we're going to cut those back to 30 to 45 minutes um, for the video sessions because it's just the dogs are just done. You know, they're done. I mean, even normal training stuff, a lot of times they are done at about a half hour in. And we don't work them for that full half hour, but they're just done. So um, when people drive an hour, I feel bad for that. So 
you know, we, we aim for more, but you can't work with them when they're, they're done or they'll resent it. I'm sure you're asked if we're doing Brownwood soon. I think Rich and I might do it on Saturday. Uh, we have two dogs going home, I think at like nine in the morning. So I think we will um, possibly do Brownwood after that. Um, but I'm not positive. And then we might do it Thursday night as well because they do something up there Thursday night. They do something every night, which is really cool. Uh, but it's not going to be group. Group this weekend is Sunday at 10 o'clock at the park. And then, uh, like I said, I want to see because I really liked it here. So I want to see what everyone thought of having it here, um, even if we don't do a potluck every time. So Jackie says, Augie is at Texas Roadhouse under the table, and it's been an hour. Does that count for place? It's close, Jackie, especially Texas Roadhouse. Don't they have the peanuts? <laughs> so whenever we would go with Arrow, he'd always have peanut shells. Or we'd go to Mexican, he'd have chip crumbs on him. Um, and he just, he didn't care. He just laid down and he took it. So I thought that was always awesome. Uh, but no, that's awesome. That's really good, Jackie. And Samantha says, okay, great. I will most likely be... Just for task training, because he will have that pup set on advanced obedience and off leash. So that's awesome. That's perfect. Uh, Kathy says boot camp is awesome, and our girls are so much happier. We have such a success story because of you guys. Well, Kathy, it's because you did the work too. You know, you did a lot of work there. Okay. Um, we had a question too. Let me go back and see if I can find it. Um, do, 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 do. I know it was, I think it was in the How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group, which is our Facebook group that is open to anybody who is interested in service dog training, preferably people with service dogs. But, okay, here we go. Shoshane had a question. Any tips on how to get a lighter alert? Roman is extremely strong when it comes to alerting, and I'm starting to be a bruise from him nosing and pawing at me so hard. So what you can do is work on it separately. I prefer the nose versus the paw because the paw always ends up with like scratches down your arm, your leg and you're like, ouch. Um, so I prefer a nose bump. And just like people go for a stronger nose bump by waiting and getting the stronger one and rewarding marking and rewarding that, you can do the same thing but working on it lighter. So if it's too harsh for some people like an ow works, um, for others it doesn't. And the dog's like, ah! So you just, just work on them, maybe work on like a high five with them or a shake hands. So something that you can work on a little lighter and take it from there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we're not getting the older male that would have been so nice. So now here's the dilemma, guys. We have old school, golden epopo school, the end of May. So it's the end of next month. And I have Gypsy. But if I fly out there with Gypsy, she's only going to be able to make it so long. Um, so if I fly out there, I'd have to bring one or the other. I can't bring both because I'm not doing two dogs on a plane with just me. Um, but I want to get the most out of it as well. And while I do really good watching, I like to do as well. So I could just bring Gypsy and leave Rich home with Malapuppy. Oh, by the way... I believe it would be the I or the J litter. So any recommendations for names, please let me know. Um, you, and again, you can message me for this because that would be fun. Um, prefer Doctor Who, Star Wars, Harry Potter type names, but I, I'm not finding any that I like. And I don't like Jake and Jack because I have two uncles that were named Jake and Jack and it just confuses me because I never remembered which one was which. <laughs> Even though they look nothing alike. Anyway, back to the flight. So he will be... About four months old, two months old, no, three months old. 
born middle of February, March, April, May. So he'll be three months old when I go to gold school. And that's really young to fly with a service dog. And uh, which is why I was like, oh, if I can get one that's like a year old, that would be perfect. Um, and then for September, we fly out to Colorado Springs for our IACP conference, the International Association of Canine Professionals. And for that, I need to be able to fly with him because Gypsy's either going to be in heat or knocked up, hopefully. And if she's in heat or knocked up, I can't fly with her. So I don't want to put everything on a six-month-old puppy. Um, and he's not going to be a service dog at six months old. So what I did, um, it's two different airlines that would be flying. It'd be Allegiant flies to um, Nipopo Gold School, Springfield, Missouri. And um, Frontier flies to Colorado Springs. So I'm really hoping they both come back to me and they say, yes, you can fly the puppy. If not, I don't know what I'll do for Nipopo School. Um, I might end up driving. It's about 16 hours to drive up there. I'd be either going through Atlanta or Birmingham and then um, like Memphis and then I'd get up there. Um, 16 hours. I can knock that out in two days. Um, but I don't like driving long distances. And you know why? It's because when we were kids, uh, I was born outside Pittsburgh and then we moved to Fairfield, Connecticut. And then we moved to outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we'd always drive back um, home to Pittsburgh area for, um, for Thanksgiving. And we would start back after my dad got off work because there were three of us kids. I was the oldest. So and we moved when I was 10. So 10 years old, six year old and a newborn. Um, so we would would do the drive, but we do it at night. So us kids would sleep. So what I'm used to doing on long car rides is guess what? I've been conditioned to fall asleep on long car rides. So driving on long car rides isn't always the best thing. But that means I could stay as long as I wanted to as well because I'd have my own car with me. Um, and I could bring the puppy and Gypsy or I could just bring the puppy depending on how I'm doing. But uh, but yeah, so like I said, debating, debating that one. It would be harder, but I think I'd get more out of it. But I think if I could take Luke, that would be easier, but I don't know. Um, I usually leave Luke here with Rich whenever I go away like that because um, then he gets to help out with the dog. Eh, dilemma. Don't know what to do. Don't know, don't know, don't know. So, so yeah, we'll figure that around and see what, 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 what decisions we end up making. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, let me know. Um, names, I will let you know when I hear from Ivan again uh, regarding, um, regarding puppy. Um, but he did have three of them out today and they were super cute. Uh, it, <laughs> they were playing with with her for a long time and they were still going. She said that they had been going for like an hour, <laughs> uh, but she was playing ball with them. So they would go and bring it back. So it was really cute. And then we got to snuggle with them and get puppy kisses. So I'm going to sign off. Um, we got a bunch of cots we're still working on putting together. Um, and you can hear, I think it's just about dinner time. So we're going to go um, help Rich out with that stuff. And I will catch you guys later. Bye-bye.